Hi there. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm Barbara Savona. I host a weekly podcast, Marketing Home, Marketing You, and I'm also the CEO of Sprout Marketing. But before that, for many years, I was a property manager just like you. And I remember how sometimes I felt so isolated and alone in my situation. The overwhelm felt very unique to whatever I was dealing with at my community and just in life. And even though my company had regular times where we would do managers meetings, there was one particular community where the neighborhood of managers, we would get together every other week for lunch and almost have a support group lunch. In those conversations, I found so much just like camaraderie and just support. And I thought to myself, I would love to figure out a way to replicate that with property managers all over the nation. And so my team and I, we get to work with managers all the time. So I hear the challenges, I hear the struggles, but what I find is that there's not always a really good support group. So my goal with this series is to provide a level of support where we, where we can all learn and grow and help each other out. You know, during these interviews and these conversations, there were so many nuggets of wisdom a lot of these people, I went in not knowing anything about them, and after I left, I had so much respect and admiration for the property managers that are helping make homes for so many people. And it just reinforced the demand of this industry and how it really takes somebody special. But just because it takes somebody special doesn't mean that the risk for burnout or overwhelm or just fatigue isn't there. So I'm hoping that this series can be a place where we can learn and grow with each other and that we can support each other and also to give a voice to the property managers that are doing so much in these communities. So I hope you enjoy these series. We're gonna do this for as long as we can and I would love your feedback. So anything that you wanna see, please DM me. I'm on Instagram at Sprout Marketing, and you can also send suggestions if you have someone that you think would be great to talk to. P.S. If that someone is you, don't be embarrassed. Reach out. And here we go. Let's dig into conversations with community managers. Julie, I am so excited that we're going to get to spend time together. I know we got to talk a little bit before we pressed record and just reminiscing that we've been working together for almost, I think, eight years now on different projects. And it's just an honor to get to spend this time with you today. Oh, it's an honor for me. I remember starting to work with Sprout like eight years ago, and um, your team is incredible. And it was so cool to see what you were doing and where you were going and how you were influencing so many different markets. I mean, you really became like this inspiration for me and my teams, like we knew about you. So when you asked me on this, I was totally like fangirling big time. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, this is, like I said, an honor for me because over the years, you know, one of the things that I've appreciated, and I know we're going to get into this because this is just who you are. You've given us such good feedback on how to improve. And you've been one of those clients that has never, um, you've never really taken the easy way in the sense, like just saying, oh, everything's great. You've always given me constructive feedback that has helped make us better. And that's the kind of, uh, you know, clients that we love to work with, but you've had an incredible career. So can you just tell us, first of all, where are you at in terms of like, where do you live and what, what kind of got you in this multifamily career and what's your path been? Yeah, absolutely. So currently I am in the middle of the country, uh, St. Louis, Missouri. And um, 
you know, my grandmother's from here, my mother's from here. Um, but I was actually born in Texas, so I have good, strong Texas roots. Um, and then in my um, 20s, I lived in North Carolina in Chicago, which is why being in property management, I love that, that I can relate to the transplants. And then I can also relate to the locals here in St. Louis. Um, but my, my first taste of property management was in Wilmington, North Carolina, and I was wanting to get out of retail management. I always had packages shipped. So I always had to go to the office to pick up the packages. And the leasing consultant, Amy, was like, why don't you work here? We, we need somebody. And I was like, okay. Um, later on, I think she wished she wouldn't have said that because I was leasing a lot. But it was the coolest job to me. I got to help people find homes where they lay hat, their head at night. I got to drive a golf cart around. <laughs> I mean, it was it was the most fun. And so when I circled back to St. Louis, um, I looked for property management jobs, not retail management. And um, I landed, um, you know, a coveted property, smaller, 200 units, as an assistant manager. Um, quickly promoted to property about six months after. Um, I won the St. Louis Apartment Association Assistant Property Manager of the Year um, just after I was promoted to, to PM. Um, but that particular, that particular boss of mine is the one who helped me see the whole big picture of property management. Um, so I was there for a few years. And then eight years ago, I jumped on board to this new development. Um, Covington Realty was going to be doing projects um, all over the country, but they had one in St. Louis. And then there was talk of another. And so I left a really good position and I took a big risk. And, um, you know, it's, it's so interesting because it just ended. Our last property sold. There was no more new developments. And so for eight years, I have been busy, busy, busy. And for the past week and a half, I, I feel like, well, I wish I could retire. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm, I'm going through second interviews. I've gotten a couple offers. So um, just trying to see what the next chapter is going to be. So um, that's, that's my uh, property management life timeline thus far. Wow. Well, that's incredible. And I think the time, the, the times that we've worked together, you've been in this lease up world. And so when I think of Julie, I always think of the lease up, you know, manager, because you've been so detailed and there's so much that goes into it. But I love learning that you got that kind of full circle, full picture experience. And I think that that's such a huge thing for a lot of property managers. I kind of got had a similar path as well, where I got to see the back end operations that helped me to kind of see all these things. But what do you think, you know, you made some of these leaps really fast, it sounds like, which, you know, that's what helped you or what prepared you going from leasing to assistant and then to manager and not just manager, but now managing brand new assets that had a lot riding on them. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you know, Interestingly enough, that, that question, I'm on some of those multifamily Facebook groups um, and I see a lot of questions and I'll see like these leasing consultants or assistants, you know, say that they just got promoted. Um, and 
for me, it just always was kind of natural. I didn't seek it out. Um, the upper management saw that I had something in me. Truthfully, the hardest part for me of being a property management manager is managing the people. Mm -hmm. So while my sales and marketing and passion and energy is what all of upper management liked, I, I always got, you know, put in those kind of, um, you know, high profile roles, I guess. Right. I mean, the first property I had when I moved back to St. Louis was like the owner's very first property 30 years ago. So it was a coveted property. Um, so I don't, I don't, um, I don't know if I exactly like knew what I was doing to take that leap. It just kind of naturally happened. You were taking the actions that they recognized. It sounds like. like yeah. So that's, I guess, the way to, your focus is always leasing. Your focus is always taking care of residents. And your focus is how can we make the owner more money? I mean, that makes them happy. Yeah. <laughs> and so if you think that that carport, you know, could go for a hundred instead of 75, then do the 25 increase. It's just 25. Try it out. I'm pretty sure that you're not going to lose any business from it. And that small $25 actually at the end of the year on your other income is a lot. And the owners and investors see that. And so that kind of stuff, it just was second nature for me. And, you know, if, if the prices had been the same prices for floor plans for so many years, then and, and we're 97% occupied, then why not try an increase? And I, I think I, I always like a challenge. And so I did try rental increases. I did try renewal increases. I have a great like scripted outline for my renewal um, increases. And I think by doing those things and not being afraid, I was immediately like, looked at and picked and said, let's move her up or let's move her to this property. So um, I've been lucky to have a lot of good upper management people that could see those things. And then, and then, you know, mold, mold me to, so, cause I'm always learning. We're all always learning. Right. So, um, you know, uh, that's, a, yeah. Uh, yeah, I want to spotlight what you said, because I think there is not enough emphasis that at the end of the day, it is about the residents, but it's also about ownership, making their money back and looking at things from a financial perspective. I used to always say, okay, what would the owner want and what would the resident want? And how can we make a solution that will get as close to satisfying both? But right. I want to just underpin that because I think people a lot of times uh, don't come in with that kind of a financial mindset. And it's huge. That's something that will be, you'll see it, you'll identify it. Even now as a business owner, when I see that quality in an employee, man, you just love it because it's the burden isn't just on you to carry. Right, right. So. Well, and I have to give praise to, you know, she, she promoted me within six months to property manager and quickly became my mentor. But the very first thing she did when I was property manager is she came to the property and she, you know, I got to sit in my big desk, my community <laughs> manager desk, and she showed me the budget and she broke it down for me. And for me, I've always been a human that says, 
why. I ask why. I need to know why. Because when I know the why, I can do whatever task or goal or um, whatever I'm being asked of, I can do it even better because I have the truth behind it, if you will, right. you know? It fuels you. Yes. Um, and so seeing the entire budget that early on and having somebody with such knowledge of the business explain that to me, that was helpful. Um, and just because you're occupied at 97% does not mean that you are doing an excellent job. Yes. It's great, but you there's always something to push and to go further. And I think like just never get stale. I think a lot of people can get complacent in their positions. Oh, we're 97%. You come in, you do your follow-up, um, and then maybe chit-chat and you know, a resident comes in and two hours goes by, but there's always something else you could be doing. Right. And you know, so, so go, go make a different tour route. Um, go see how many renewals are coming up and let's see if we can increase. Let's see like the past two years, did they get increased? If not, let's do it. So I think that there's always something to be done. And, and when people get complacent and they don't think that that's when there's not any momentum forward. Absolutely. So speaking of, we talked a lot, I think to me, this was such gold for the property manager. Like if you feel stuck and, and I don't want to undermine, like I see those groups too, where people post, I'm at hundred percent occupied or I've been hundred percent occupied for this long. And you're like, yay, but <laughs> I know. right. Okay. So we're on the same yes. page. So it gives you kind of a challenge to say, that's like a good marker for, yes, that's awesome. But now what else can I, what else can I yeah. push? So. Yeah. And I think that just goes like life in general, right? Like, I don't think we're creatures that are always evolving. And so whether in your professional life or personal life, like, I don't think, I don't think it's healthy just to kind of get complacent. I think that we should always strive to be better. And maybe it's not renewal increases, okay, when you're 100% um, or, you know, higher rent. Maybe it's just um, doing different resident events. Challenge yourself some way. Or, you know, there's a lot of cracks on those dumpster pads. Let's get some bids. Just, there's always something. And so, Think outside the box. If, if you're at 100%, please challenge yourself to do more because that's how we grow. And, and we're always growing. If we're not growing, then we're not doing it right. <laughs> that's so true. So what would you say, like when you were looking for your team, I know you said that the, the managing of the people was always the hardest part, which confession, same for me. I loved a lot of the other pieces, but that was always a struggle. What did you look for qualities in your leasing professionals? Or would you say if somebody wanted to be noticed, what would you say a leasing professional can do to catch your eye? Um, always keep going until you hear the word no. Um, <laughs> a leasing consultant essentially is a salesperson and a very important salesperson. I mean, you are helping somebody find where they're going to lay their head at night whether it is them, their boyfriend, the family, the kids, whatever the dynamic is in that apartment, at night they lay their head on a pillow 
And that is a super important role. And so there has to be, in a leasing consultant, there has to be passion with that and um, a little bit of empathy with that. Mm-hmm. But then also follow up, follow up, follow up. If you don't get them right then and there, keep going until they tell you no. And so for me, if I were interviewing leasing consultants and they were following up with me, hey, have you hired anyone yet? Hey, thanks for the interview. That is a huge sign. You know, or if they know specifically closing techniques. I've asked some leasing consultant closing techniques and they kind of look at me with like five hugs. If you're a true leasing consultant, you're going to know what works for you. Like the assumption glows for me. I mean, that's pretty much my entire life. (laughs) (laughs) I'm assuming this is going where I want it to go. Okay. (laughs) Yes. So, um, and in fact, one of the job offers that um, I recently received was because I kept going back. I had one of the best in the business for my direct supervisor the past seven years. And he was the one who said to me, looking for jobs, just keep going every day until they say no. (laughs) That's such good advice because you're seeing the behavior in action. So it's like, this is not a quality that I'm going to have to teach you for this specific scenario. It's like, no, this is who I am. I am relentless until I hear the word no. So, I mean, almost, I think people forget. They're like, well, I'll be that when I get the job. It's like, no, be that before so that we can see that that's what you're all about. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think one thing that I always notice in property management is that a lot of people get hung up on the titles and there's, they're just a title. I think we all lease apartments and we all take care of residents. You know, I was an assistant manager on a 200 unit property. So there was a property manager and an assistant manager. I mean, let's be honest. I was a leasing consultant. Um, (laughs) And I think a lot of assistant managers think that they get to sit in an office and do a lot of admin stuff, but that's not all it is. Even when you're a property manager, that's not all it is. And I think you have to go into it. You just wear all the hats. Whatever your title is, you need to wear all the hats. And I I think that that is another huge piece in if somebody's looking to take the next step up, they have to show that they can wear multiple hats and and be confident in that and be passionate with that because that's what the business is. I mean, we're in a very interesting business where there's so much. And just because you're the assistant manager does not mean all you're doing is, you know, admin. That's yeah. not going to take up your eight hours. Yeah. So. I mean, when you start hearing the, that's not my job, even if you're saying it in your own head, it's it's a little red flag there. Julie, let's hop to challenges because I know in property management, there are so many and specifically kind of the things I'm thinking through is like, there's the challenge of balancing it all. So you've had some assets I know where you're, you've got a team, you've got residents, you have your ownership, your supervisor. How can a property manager navigate the, like you said, it's a lot of hats. How do they navigate that? So I'm the best in the morning. And so I think you have to find where your where your most fo- focused is. And so in the morning, I have a list of priorities, and or rather just a to do list. Period. Um, and so every day is going to be different. 
Um, the list is never ending. It's always revolving. And so to, to know those things ahead of time, as opposed to, I have this list and I have to get everything done. You don't. It's a revolving list. The days change because humans change. And that's what we work with is humans. And, and then we also, as property managers, we work with the property and what happens at the property, which is mother nature and <laughs> all of that. So everything is changing. And so you just, I, I think of it as like a little magical revolving list. Like as you're writing A, B, and C priority, you know, then at the bottom, there's new stuff coming up and going forward. Um, in the morning, my mind is quiet and I'm super focused. And that's when I think of what the big things are to accomplish. Um, and I think of what on the maintenance side has to get accomplished that day. Um, you know, a lot of my staff early on would think that I um, had too high of expectations for them. Standards were, were too high. When I finally realized that I think they need to know me a little better, like I say, let's reach for the stars, but if we get to the moon, then we got to the moon. That's great. Um, you know, I think that as long as we're doing our best and trying our best, then we will be successful. And making a list in the morning is definitely something that helps keep, I think, myself and then the team focused on what's truly important. Um, Because everything gets thrown at you, that's for sure. It sounds like to me, like what you said, what I heard from that was one that never kind of be married to the fact that you're going to end a day with like an empty to-do list. Like that would just be setting yourself up for disappointment and failure. So it's almost like being okay with that. And then two, I also heard by controlling what you can control, like with your list, it allows room for all those unexpected things that you almost know is going to happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, um, it became a joke on these new developments um, for the past eight years that they, I, I, I always had a fishbowl office. I, I thought the developers were like making a joke for me because I mean, there are some conversations that need to be very, very <laughs> private, but I had glass doors, glass walls. Um, you know, there was no quiet time for me. No hiding. You couldn't <laughs> no. hide anywhere, just maybe under your desk. <laughs> like, so like, no matter what, even when I was in my office with my list and trying to get work done, people were walking by and seeing me and wanting to say hi and you just have to know that's going to happen. And I think, you know, on the days where maybe I was a little bit more moody or irritable because I'm human, um, I think I would just tell my team, I'm having a morning, I need extra quiet time, and then I'll check in. And, and so I think honesty too, on just how you're feeling on the inside and sharing that with your team, I think that goes a long way. Um, you know, I'm not saying divulge, you know, I had a maintenance supervisor that his daughter miscarried, you know, you don't have to always share the super personal stuff. I do think it is important to share just the basics. Hey, having a hard family time this morning, don't want to bring it through the doors, but I would like to concentrate maybe on some things that I don't have to talk to a lot of people. <laughs> 
Um, so that is such good advice that I think is so never talked about because I think that when a team helps each other, so like I had that very similar thing. If, if I would tell my team, even today, if I tell my team, Hey, I'm just not in the kind of in the mode of front of the room kind of stuff where I can't deal with yes. today. I can't people today or, you know, <laughs> and somebody helps you out man, that builds a strong team. They don't have to know. It's because I'm hormonal. They don't need to know any of the details, but it gives them an opportunity to step up. And the, I think that forges a lot. And it also then gives you the break to say, because I think property managers sometimes think they have to be on all the time. It's just not physically possible. No. And when you finally get to that point of, oh, it's okay not to be on all the time. It's actually not human or normal to be on all the time. Um, it, and I noticed too, if I was on all the time at work, then I really had nothing to give on my personal off time. Um, I also think that it takes a really strong person um, and humble to be able to say, hey, I'm having a morning. I promise I want to do those things we talked about yesterday, but give me an hour or so to have my quiet coffee in my office. And I think a level of respect kind of goes up from your team when you are that honest with them. And it also allows them to feel comfortable coming to you because, you know, just listening to your podcast or, see, or seeing the um, Facebook groups for multifamily, a lot of people say, how, how can I talk to my boss? It's hard to talk to my boss. Well, if your boss is being open about normal life things, um, then hopefully your team will start to feel open about that as well. And I'm definitely, I'm not one for gossip. I'm not one for, for details, even with residents. And like, it just, it, it kind of wastes time. But just to say, I'm not a hundred percent today. Okay, cool. That's why we're a team. We'll pick it up. And then next time when you, when the other person isn't, we'll pick it up for them. So I think that is a helpful dynamic in this business. I think so too. And I do think that contributes to a really healthy culture. You know, the challenges that you talked about, those have been around forever with leasing. I don't think with property management, they're, they're not going to go away. So like you said, it's like coping with them. How has this last year been different though? What are the challenges that came up that you guys had to kind of adjust and cope with that were different oh. because of where the world was? Yes. Um, so for the first time in my eight years, um, January to May, 2020, I actually overlapped new developments. I was selling the one and starting the other. So my first residents moved into this new development as stay at home orders were issued. Oh my goodness. I mean, like this is one for the books, you know, um, I, I tell you what, it's it's an investor's dream. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it was hard. I'm a hugger. I hug people. Um, and I couldn't hug anybody. And you couldn't even really like be face to face. My team and I became extremely close because we, you know, essential workers, property management. Um, but it was such a different lease up this year. I barely knew the residents, you know, you can't really learn people's right. eyes. 
and the move-in procedures were different. You couldn't throw parties and that's kind of my thing. It was, it was really hard. And I think we started to acknowledge how hard it was. One, at the very beginning, my team and I were like, we haven't seen each other for like 10 days. Because at the beginning, I actually had to work from home. So we all sat outside in my front yard. Oh my gosh. Just to, just to talk and see each other. Obviously very socially distant. Right. Because it was at the very beginning when there was a lot of fear. But then as the months went by and everybody's kind of going into a little bit of pandemic routines, um, we started acknowledging it out loud at the property. Man, this is such a hard day. Like we're busy, but not busy. Like we don't have anybody coming in to interrupt us. And man, did I... Have I appreciated people interrupting now? Like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to remind you of that. That is, <laughs> we got to remember that. <laughs> I know, I know. But, you know, and again, this just goes back to kind of like speaking your truth um, and acknowledging that, oh, maybe we're having a really hard day because, well, it's a pandemic and you can't <laughs> hug your mom. You can't hug your loved one. Um, it's just hard. And so we would, we would wonder sometimes like around the office, why we were like, ho-hum and then, oh yeah, it's a pandemic. <laughs> uh, just to remind, you know, because as, as essential workers, you just go, go, go. Yeah. So it was helpful to, to be reminded of that. Um, and like I said, I, we got really close. My leasing manager and I became a one-two punch. Um, our social media went up big time, just to something to do. Um, so, you know, I'm glad we're coming out of it. It yeah. feels good that we're coming out of it, but you're right though, Barbara, you brought up a really good point too. Let's not forget all those things that we missed when we were in the middle of the pandemic when we were in the heat of the moment. Like it is so nice to hug somebody. Hello. It is so nice that in the middle of your day of financials and having to write my variance notes, I would have that resident come by to see how I'm doing or get a cup of coffee. I totally missed that. I would have never thought I would miss that and I missed it. I think that's such a good silver lining to, to, to think on. And I, I love that. You know, you've had such a You've had such highs in, in your career. When you look back, just, I know it's not over because we're talking like you're retired and it's so not, but I mean, you know, <laughs> but this week I am, are there, what, what achievements stand out that you're just especially proud of and how did you get there? Um, so I was really proud of, it was, it was just one year that I worked for this company in a little bit of a um, uh, more challenging neighborhood and evictions were like 10 to 12 a month. And we had classic apartments and then designer apartments. And I got it from 85% to 95%. I got it from one to two evictions a month. I got to link one C to the 1% um, a couple of times. I mean, it, I am super proud of that. And it's interesting because the, the first job 
with Laramar Group and this very first new development in St. Louis. There hadn't been a new multifamily apartment community in 12 years. And I got offered this job and I was, I, I walked away from the biggest bonus I would have ever gotten in my career. So while I was so proud of that year, I also took this huge leap of faith and, um, you know, made maybe a little bit more, but it was such a challenge because it was my first lease up. And so I would piggyback that my very first lease up was so cool and, and made me feel so good. The day that we sold and we sold, we made uh, Missouri multifamily real estate history on, on the price. Um, and the day that we sold, the money exchanged like at noon. And so I left um, because I was fortunate enough to be floated between projects where I got to go around the country and help others. But I drove around for like 20 minutes, like, what am I supposed to do right now? <laughs> and then just so happy that like, you know, we filled it up in a year, we get on the market, we have 30 broker tours, people from developers from around the country were coming to look at this project. And I was a part of that. And it wasn't just everything I just said. The coolest thing of a lease up is building a community. That's essentially what you get to do. It, you know, yes, fill it up, fill it up so we can sell it, but it's a community and, and I kind of got to shape it, you know? Um, and that was super, made me feel good, especially because after I took the job, my first three months, I had a huge breakdown, crying, telling my dad, I can't do it. I don't know why they hired me. <laughs> and my dad says, Julie, can't eat the whole elephant. Just take a bite. <laughs> a bite at a time. And through tears, okay, okay. <laughs> I think property management, literally, that's the craziness. It's like, sometimes I'll read these threads about like the abuse that we endure. And I, I remember, and I think, but it's this crazy, the highs are so high. When you, when you connect with a resident, like you said, like they bring you coffee or they want to sit and talk to you and tell you about their granddaughter's wedding, or they yeah. bring you breakfast. I mean, there's like a feeling that is hard to replicate. And then you have the low where you're, I mean, I many times had those times where it's like, I was crying because I, when I started, I was a new wife and thinking, how can I do, I was a new manager and a new wife. And I thought I cannot do both. And yeah. I would feel like a failure in both, but exactly what you said, building a community, there is such a sense of accomplishment. Like we're not the main, we're not the, the only ones that do it, but you feel like you're orchestrating it. Like you're building and you're, and it just, I know exactly what the feeling that, like when you, when you said that it took me back to like, oh, that's that good feeling that keeps us going and keeps us wanting to, and you do, you feel lost when you leave a property a little bit. It's like when you finish a really good TV show and you're like, where are my friends? Yes. Yes. I, I felt like, wait, it's over. Like it was the weirdest most exhilarating feeling ever. Um, you know, the community sense though, from the very beginning, I like to partner with charities because if we're building a community or if we're just maintaining a community, we have like hundreds of people that we can help, you know, all come together and help 
some 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 homeless woman down the street or these um, kiddos that need back to school supplies or the food bank needs extra food this month. So like that was a, something that, you know, because property management does have its ups and downs and can be very challenging. That was something that really made me feel good. And I can tell that my team felt good. So we did a lot of charity, um, you know, events, um, you know, awareness that we got the whole community involved with. And um, that always trumped any bad day, you know, you would just go look at the donations and feel good that we were helping. Um, so that would be another thing that um, I would say to people is helpful. Just run, you know, go to your local food bank, have them bring in some tubs and just fill it. Feels good. And you're getting your residents involved in something that helps not just like we're our own apartment community, but we're within another community. Yes. So let's help that community as a community. Yeah. And communities helping build the community out benefits everyone. So it's not just the feel good, but it's the, the it has that ripple effect. So when you talked about resident events earlier and you said how much you love doing them, you mentioned charity. Is there any other event that you can remember that just was like so fun or just had such a good turnout? So my go-to is a happy hour. Who doesn't want to be happy after a long day at work? <laughs> I mean, when there's happy in the title, you just do it. It's going to be good. Um, yeah. And I, 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 I guess I did so many of them that it just became second nature. At the beginning, I used to get nervous. Is anyone going to show up? Um, you know, are people going to talk to each other? I, you know, I got nervous. But at the end of the day, just good food, drinks, and, and you know, the seltzer water and the non-alcoholic drinks as well. It needs to be well balanced. Um, but put a little, put a little food out, put a little drink out, get some good music on. And, and I never made it to where like they had to start at five, like, oh, whenever you can come by, oh, come, just come from the office. Don't even go to your apartment. Um, you know, and it was just like a time span, but that, that became my go-to. So whenever, um, I felt like my team and I were maybe getting a little complacent or something, I would reach out to Sprout, Sprout, I need my happy hour flyer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And you know what? That's true. It builds community, but it also gets your team pumped up and it's like back yeah. to with those residents. Julie, you've shared so many good things. Is there anything we've missed? Any tips or tricks you wanted to share or just any last thoughts that you want to share with our audience? Oh, goodness. Um, such a broad. I know, I know. I just wanted to see if there was something else that you thought, man, I wanted to touch on, but it's been so good. Yeah, I, um, let's see here. I think just sticking to the basics. If I'm gonna leave, if I'm gonna leave y'all with anything, stick to the basics. We lease apartments and take care of residents. In retail management, I, you know, sold t-shirts and changed light bulbs. When you stick to the basics, and that means the basics of curb appeal, of the first impression, um, 
stick to the basics because they go a long way, especially if you are an assistant or a property manager wanting to even to go to regional. If you don't have the foundation and the basics down, then, then you won't be going up because, you know, life in general has to have that core fundamental. And, um, and I think in property management, we just have to stick to leasing apartments and taking care of residents. That's so good because you can make it, you can jazz that up as after you master the basics, you can jazz that up, but you can never neglect it or else it doesn't oh, work. So yes, that's, I love, I love how you just said that. Absolutely. Well, I, I'm excited to continue on. I have to tell you, so for us, when we like work on stuff, we have a few property managers that we always are like, like I've interviewed Leslie. She's been with me from almost day one. We always talk about you, Julie, in our, uh, in our team meetings. Like, what would Julie think of this? What would she say about, we, we need an extra icon here. Like, it's like, so I just, it, it, you know, for me, I never wanted to be a consultant that got disconnected from, because it's been years now for me since I've been on site. And so I just want to thank you for being such a good uh, colleague, really, and, you know, part of our community. And I'm excited for your new venture. You're going to have to, when you're ready, you're going to have to share where you end up. Yes, I am. I'm so excited. And I mean, when I saw the cancellation for Sprout, because obviously our property was selling, it really hit home. And I, I loved, I immediately replied back and Amber, God bless her. It was so cute because she was like, Julie, I've been here just, just as long as you. And, and I, we started together. It's, um, Sprout has been my, um, gosh, my right hand. So, you know, I'm not a marketing major. Um, I'm just a really good salesperson and I have a vision. And what is so cool, you guys, always brought my vision to life on on the social media posts or on the flyers and whatnot so um you know i it was very sad to see that and so now whomever we go with i have to talk them into getting that's right this is too long of a relationship to keep this break right i'm not ready to really break up (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness well i love it and i want to thank you again and i cannot wait for the audience to hear this this is going to be so much valuable things that are shared oh thank you so much barbara it was um it was a pleasure and super fun and that's important (laughs) Did you enjoy that interview as much as I did? I really hope that you did. If you did, I ask that you please spread the word and help others know about this series. The best way for you to do that is to screenshot it, share it on your social media, and tag at Sprout Marketing. It helps to get more eyeballs, leave a rating and review, and if you or somebody that you know would make a great podcast guest, please DM me on Instagram at Sprout Marketing, or you can email hello at watchyourbusinesssprout And just put podcast recommendation in the subject and we'll make sure that it gets to me. All right, guys, I can't wait to bring you another episode of Conversations with Community Managers. Stay tuned.